John Stott talks about this section, well, he talks about all first John. He says there's three tests that John gives throughout first uh, John. In chapter two, you know, the, t- uh, the test of obedience uh, and love and belief. In chapter three, he treats only obedience and love. In chapter four, only belief and love. And then in uh, chapter, uh, the end of chapter four, he combined the doctrinal, you know, the belief test, the social test, the love test. And then in this chapter, he's uh, we meet the three together, the words believe, faith, love. What I, The little addendum or the thing that I would like to add, to what John Stott is saying the tests are about is the test that one is a Christian. But couldn't we say that this threefold thesis is not simply proving one is a Christian, but living proof of the difference that Christianity makes? Uh, and this was my point. If the proof is in the pudding, that we would find it in these three tests. This is the pudding. <laughs> right? That's an old saying. Must have dropped that saying. Uh, we might ask if this threefold test is not completely circular and closed. You know, doesn't every cult want us to believe and obey and then claim that that's the loving thing to do? And aren't we caught in a closed circle in which someone on the outside cannot penetrate the circle as there, you know, the truth inside and the truth outside, there's no continuity between the two things. Is that the case with Christianity? Uh, you know, once you're inside the circle, is it simply uh, that someone's asked to believe and obey without uh, anything lying outside the circle of belief and obedience that someone else could observe? See the problem? You know, if you're a part of a cult, uh, this is precisely what a cult says. You believe what we do, you obey what we do, and you'll benefit from it. This is the postmodern problem. This is what postmodern philosophy says about every system, that it's ultimately a closed circle. Every system is relative. And we're all left in you know, the Kantian distinction between phenomena and the noumena. The noumena escapes us. All we have is the phenomena. So this was my you know, is there any proof of the pudding in Christianity? Is there something we can point at and say, see, this is what Christianity does. I guess what got me thinking on this, or, or an example of this, we, Faith and I watched the HBO's documentary on Scientology. I recommend it if you really want to get, you know, weirded out. Um, that it talks about Tom Cruise, you know, John Travolta. They they interview both of them, uh, and they claim that Scientology, you know, that's what made them movie stars. And they both both believe that, you know, they're going to be like gods, that they're kind of masters of the universe. I don't think Scientology is unusual in this, that in a sense, you know, Mormons, they get a planet, Muslims a harem. <laughs> Uh, a lot of cults, you know, you get some sort of empowerment, maybe even in a misunderstood Christianity. Well, you get to go to heaven. You know, 
get your mansion in the sky. Yeah, (laughs) a severely gated community. That's sort of the first century Gnosticism uh, that I think, in in fact, Scientology just seems like Gnosticism to me. It's this, you know, the, the... the body's evil, you want to shed the body and, uh, and achieve a godlike status. Uh, and so a common characteristic of the Gnostic groups was that through this arrow, you know, this esoteric or this intuitive knowledge, that it's actually saving you from the material world. That's precisely what L. Ron Hubbard, you know, in the Gnostic, or rather in the Scientology meetings, you know, Tom Cruise salutes L. Ron Hubbard, and they all address L. Ron Hubbard died years ago. But they say that he's just passed, you know, in, out of the body into his true estate. Um, he's gone clear completely. And the Gnostics of John's day uh, would claim and I'm using the language here of John, to overcome the world. That is, they would claim that their secret knowledge can literally transport them beyond the confines of material reality. That's the promise of the cult, is that in some way there's a a future payoff. Uh, But even, you know, if you think of advertising, you know, Coke is it. And then everybody on the ad, when they drink the Coca-Cola, notice how happy they are drinking Coke. It just, it's it. You know, that's it. Um, that there is an impetus for people to pretend, you know, this is the thing that happens in Scientology. You keep being told this is it, and you keep paying money and working your way up uh, to some higher level, uh, some you know, if you think of the Gnostics and and in Scientology, also you get more and more in in sight into the secrets. You know, the the final stage. What was it? I can't remember. Stage six or something. They actually have handwritten notes by L. Ron Hubbard. One guy was saying it was so crazy. You know what he was saying. Most of the people they were interviewing left Scientology, but many of them left after 30 years. You know, they'd spent most of their life in this. And so they've, they've, they're kind of lured along a deeper commitment and saying, well, this has to be it, you know. Uh, And they've invested everything in it, and they're impoverished in every way. So John's threefold test gives us a, a believing what we could say a doctrinal test and I think that unlike Gnostic knowing or that of Scientology what is Christian believing how does Christian belief differ than Scientology or from Gnostic believing and the answer is it's it's grounded in the historicity of Christ in other words that's what's happening in the gospel that when John uses the word believe, and he uses that word more than anyone, uh, he's talking about uh, belief in the historicity. When he talks about the agape love, we've already talked about. This isn't some vague feeling that we have, but there's a definite characteristic to it. And when he talks about obedience, uh, 
He's really talking about human agency being restored. The, you know, that was the, the striking thing in Scientology is these people lose all human agency. They become like, you know, completely obedient to the cult. Obedience in Christianity is not a loss of agency, but it is a, a, a capacity then to accomplish, uh, you know, a loving service. And the three, of course, are very much interwoven. So, uh, where Christians claim to, we claim to know something that is objective. The Gnostics, the Scientologists, even the Mormons, the Masons, you know, you go through all the cults. What they're claiming is that they have the secret knowledge. Mysticism is the same thing, any kind of mysticism. But what God has done for man and to man and what man owes to God is in the way of obedience is understood in, in Christ through the historical, you know, a historicity of, of Christ. So, in, uh, in a sense, you could compare the knowledge of Adam and Eve. You know, what, what are they going to do? Well, they're going to have their own knowing, their own... But Christian knowing centers upon the concrete historical facts. Uh, he has he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. John one ten. Because they did not know him, they did not receive him. But as many as received them, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And by the way, right after this, John's going to refer to blood and water, water and blood. It's kind of a unusual reference we'll come to next week but I think he's in part referring with the water he's referring to the same thing that the gospel writer does the giving of the gift of the Holy Spirit at the baptism of Jesus the blood obviously about the humanity of Jesus and of course the Gnostics are denying that those two things come together the humanity and the divinity I think that's what the reference is so the power which gave birth to creation is you know incarnate uh, and is is going to be known uh, through those who have seen him, touched him. You know, with it. this is John's description. Uh, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, is what John says in First John five four. What world is overcome? by Christ. Uh, I think that world is the world constituted by human beings, right? Not the world of created reality. Well, you know, what, what needs overcoming in our lives? What pains you? What is the source of your suffering? What is the human disease which we all need to escape? Maybe that's the way to put it. And, and in some way, I think the answer is, well, it's a lack of life. A lack of life can come as maybe illness, ill health, a lack of money, a lack of substance. But ultimately, what we lack is fullness of life. 1 John 5, 12 says, He who was the Son has life. He who is, does not have the Son of God does not have life. So, what's the proof of the pudding? Human agency is restored. The will is restored. And I don't mean to focus here on the will uh, exclusive of everything else. Human thinking, belief, doctrine, 
is restored. That is, that this believing is not an ahistorical believing, but I think it's a believing that takes account of the historicity of Christ, but also of the real world history of the world and uh, that there is a kind of coherence. Where else is the proof? It's in human sociality and you know the, the agape love, the new community. And so we could say that we could sum this up that, and say that what's given to us is life. Uh, first of all, life is, you know, we've equated love and life. Love is loving God and the brothers and sisters. And John gives us three signs that we can prove that we've overcome the world. I just went through, I reread 1 John and said, okay, where, what in 1 John talks about overcoming? And actually, I think you could just make an ongoing list. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. I'm reading from the passage we just read. Believing, loving, and obeying are proofs uh, the you know uh, is the proof of the mind, uh, which is a, a, the foundation for a new kind of seeing. Being born again, we have a reconstituted subjectivity. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not bur- burdensome. Uh, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So. And we just talked last week, overcoming the world is overcoming fear. Fear of what? Well, maybe that's the wrong question, but I think ultimately we can define, uh, or, or we can say that all fear, angst, you know, all reduces down to the fear, as John will put it, of punishment, of death and punishment. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. So, overcoming the world is an overcoming of fear. Overcoming the world is abiding in love rather than hatred. We have come to know and to believe the love which God has for us. God is love. I would. There's also a theme that in, in John that overcoming the world is depending upon God. A couple of places. He talks about that we take our needs, uh, we have assurance. He says, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, and we know that we have requests that we have asked from him. Uh, So there's not a dependence upon ourselves, which I think is part of... What we're describing in the cults, what we're describing in Gnosticism, what we're describing in human knowledge is always this kind of self-salvation. Uh, and, and even if we're not a member of a cult or even have that tendency, I think our tendency is to, in some way, rig up our own plan of salvation and to fall back on that. So overcoming is depending on God. Overcoming the world entails being able to, I think, also to recognize the world. John's going to end the God, this epistle in a strange way. He's going to say, you know, that 
he's going to say, you know, have nothing to do with idols. But in chapter 5, he says, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Are you able to identify the evil one? I mean, if the whole world lies under the power of evil one, can you say, there he is? This is evil. This is the way evil is constituted. If we're not able to identify the systemic power of evil, I don't know how we've overcome it, right? We've got to be able to say, this is what this world of evil, how it's constituted, and here's why we're not, you know. And so I think we can literally go through and say, talk politically, economically, socially, and describe this world system, and then describe the believing, you know, sociality, the 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 practices of the church, and that's a demonstrable departure from the world. Overcoming the world must involve the turn from Gnostic sort of knowing or one sort of knowing, and I've said Gnosticism is just a prototype of knowing, to another kind of knowing. In this passage we just read, and other places, John talks about knowing God by loving. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this the love of God is manifested. That is, we love, and through love we know God that we know differently. And this knowing then does not constitute itself in, and and I think we could describe that Gnostic, you know, we've done that a little bit with the dualism, the, you know, kind of the Adam and Eve uh, different, you know, uh, identity through difference. So it's a different knowing. Overcoming the world must mean our words and action line up. Little children... Let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. So, I think we could just stack one. I think you could just start going through John and going through the New Testament. And i saying it's a different knowing. It's not identity through difference. It's not this privatized knowledge. It's not, we, we can identify the darkness. And then... We can understand why believing, you know, that believing has a, a great power in John. Believing defeats the parameters of the fallen knowing, you know, of the, the uh, Gnostics. Uh, right after this, and I, I won't do much for this, just point to it. Uh, there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and the three are in agreement. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. Um, at the end of John, you know, this sounds very much, why does John write anything? He says that these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and that believing you may have life in his name. That's the gospel, but I think that's also the epistle. So John's witness is a kind of apologetic, but it's not an apologetic like we often get. It's meant to witness, to bring people to belief, and this belief is itself an alternative knowing to the kind of knowing which I think very often constitutes an apologetic sort of witness. So whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. That is, he's already said, how can you love God whom you've not seen if you do not love your brother 
whom you have seen. Now he's reversed it. He says, if you love God, uh, I mean, that you must love God to love the brother. That uh, by him we know that the love the children of God, of God, when we love God and observe his commandments. So, yes, he's talking, he's, he's using these three tests, but I think he's intertwining them. So, uh, the, clearly for John, the present experience of knowing God rests on, you know, it has, it's immediately associated with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's related to the historical knowing uh, Jesus in John. The, the uh, uh, gospel says the disciples believed in him when his glory was revealed. When we did the Gospel of John, we went through and talked about that there are levels of belief. And I think that, in a sense, the epistle describes an even higher level of belief uh, that is on the order of, you know, a resurrection, uh, you know, or a post-resurrection belief. That's my introduction. Any comment, question? Can you go back to... Yeah. And, you know, I suppose that in Scientology they would say, oh, we love too, but... You give us a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, and it is, you know, you have to pay for every stage in it, and it is a, it is a money-making. But they're also taking down all their private secrets. And, and, and I would... In a sense, a lot of cults do claim pr- uh, pudding, <laughs> proofs. That in Scientology, John Travolta or Tom Cruise would say, well, look at me, I'm a movie star. That's what Scientology has done for me, and it can do the same for you. Uh, that, uh, you know, the kind of the the power of, uh, you know, in a pop religion, the power of positive thinking, that it's it, it's its own. So it's not that there is not the promise of power, of knowledge, of uh, often it's future, not always. Certainly in Scientology, most of it has to do with these other planets or other places. Or It gets weird. L. Ron Hubbard was a science fiction writer. And he said, to his, you know, he wasn't making great money at science fiction. He said, well, the way you really make money is starting a religion. And he did. He just took his science fiction books and made it the holy books. So that now all of L. Ron Hubbard's writings are considered religious, even though they start out as... books called Dia... Dianetics. Dianetics, yeah. yeah. They're, they're in the library at the college. Yeah. I want to read them. I have a whole set of Scientology so they sent to they sent to me they sent me a box of them. They sent they sent to several. Yeah, I never. I don't know if I threw them away or not. You did I threw them away. They, 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 a whole bunch of people got them and they wanted. It was like a sales thing, you know. Oh yeah. Can you use these in your classroom? No, uh, yeah. they were very strange. We're gonna point and laugh at stuff inside. <laughs> But what what I was trying to get at, I think there's a false Christianity 
that does the same thing that the cults and Scientology and Coca-Cola do. And that is, everybody holds it up and says, look how happy we are. The big look, teeth, big hair? Big hair, big teeth. Uh, I'm okay, you're okay. You know, obviously in a health and wealth gospel, that's what's happening. But I think also just in the the tendency is in a lot of evangelical Christianity, if you want to be a good business person, a good American, a good, you know, the, the promise is, and, and so there is a kind of sales job that's done on people. And I, I think this is a very intentional thing in the staff and the preaching and the presentation. It's all happy, upbeat, uh, you know, kind of Coke is it sort of presentation. And people with real world problems, first of all, I think that sort of gospel is not addressing real world problems of people. It's not addressing the true suffering that, that we undergo. It's just not realistic in many ways. So I think that uh, it's cultish in, in that sense. It's a lie in that sense. But I think when we, when we talk about the true real-world believing doctrine, uh, real-world obedience ethics, uh, real-world sociality, agape love, that we are describing a community not of, uh, you know, people, not a kind of false uh, people with big teeth and big hair, uh, but a place that we can really bring real-world problems and suffering. That was what I was aiming at. That, that some, I think there is a Christianity... And I'm saying this a little bit to me, that do we have this tendency to try to, to, to be good salesmen and say, oh, yes, Coke is it, Jesus is it, on the same sort of false kind of level. And I think we need to be able to point at a concrete, uh, not that that, not that the, the, that, that just that they will know you by your love kind of proof. Uh, and not a... So, like a proof that speaks for itself rather than a proof that we speak about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's... And, and, and not to do away with, you know, arguments of historicity, mm-hmm. of coherence, of other things. But yeah, I think that's it. There's a kind of self-evidential thing here. Um that is is realistic. It's like the, how will they know that you are my disciples because of your love? Yeah. yeah. That's ultimately the thing that brought me to Jesus. My, my grandpa was a really his theology was really bad, but I mean he really understood how to love people, um, and it was legit. And maybe in the end, that's what that you know for for John, that's it. If you if you know how to love people. Uh, that's what all this, you know, the the doctrine, the believing is aimed at the obedience, and the obedience is aimed at the loving. So, does that address what you're talking about or not? Yeah, yeah. I was just, you sort of, I thought you sort of started a thought that. Mm. Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> I think so. 
Oh. You watched part of that Scientology thing at that. Yeah, we both fell asleep. Oh. Actually, Faith and I both fell asleep, too. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting when I was awake. Yeah. It got so bizarre. It got more and more bizarre. And then, um, yeah. yeah. Not the, that, like... The people that finally got out, you know. And they go and harass them, but they're Oh, yeah, they were harassed. They were harassed continuously. People um, trying to leave, and they'd lock them in trailers and make yes. them clean. Yes. Well, they weren't trying to leave. Oh, really? They were disciplining them. Oh, that's and right. he gave them the opportunity to... Leave and they, they didn't want to leave. That's right. And then they, like, investigated it and questioned them, and they are like, nope, no, never happened. Never happened. Yeah. And they appeared on, yeah, public te- yeah. on television. But the thing that we should watch they, they were, you know, they would take those people in, and they had the people that were just recording what they said. Mm-hmm. They had files on everybody, all their deep, dark secrets. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what they did with Travolta and, and uh, who's the other guy? Tom Cruise, uh, yeah. they had so much information on them that they would have disclosed. Because I think John Travolta thought about leaving at one point, hmm. and they would have exposed all of it. Yeah, and that's how they control people with the information they had about them. Yeah, that's what it was. Is that illegal in all fifty states? Yeah. Well, that see that's not that your religion. They and that was the other thing. They became. The IRS was not recognizing them as a religion, and the head of the church then under he he uh, in, uh, undertook uh, he t- helped, took out lawsuits against the head of the IRS and individual agents, oh, and, lots of lawsuits at once. and yeah. which was part of L. Ron Hubbard's tactic. If somebody attacks you, you get him, you hit him harder. Yeah, you go after him, yeah. and it worked. The IRS re- buckled, and they're now a religion. Yeah. So because of that, you know, you're protected in a lot of ways. Let's read the Bible. You want to read the first one there, Sharon? Where does it start? Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, 5-1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. So he's, he's talking about, He's bringing together two things. Jesus, the the man, the historical person, Christ, the divine title, and this, I think there's an appeal then to, obviously, the historicity of Christ, the divinity and humanity, not as two things, as one thing. And he's saying you come to that understanding because you've been born of God. This This language of new birth, you know, right out of the gospel, that... Uh, that is, for John, proof of the pudding. You've been born again. There is a new kind of subject. So partly what I I was doing was saying, can we describe that new subjectivity? Is there a sense in which a born-again person functions differently than a not-born-again person? And, And I think we should be able to run that down and describe it in some detail. Either that or we're lying to ourselves. Right? That whoever loves the father loves the child born of him. So part of the proof of the pudding of the new birth is then the agape love. Part of the, part of the proof of the pudding is the belief. Uh, so it's all right here in this. 
for a sentence. Alec, you want to read, or any other comments there? Alec, you want to read the next one? By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and observe His commandments. So, in the gospel, if you remember, Jesus brings together, is it Deuteronomy and Leviticus, you know, love God, love neighbor, says the two are similar commandments. Um, and he works out then what it means to do agape love. He says, if you love me, you obey my commandment. What commandment? The commandment to love. Uh, and in a sense, that's a summation of all the commandments. Here, I, it, it, uh, as I pointed out, it's the uh, we know the children of God are the children of God when we love God. That is, that love is not an empty. John has already talked about a kind of empty language, empty words that people of the you know who who talk and they don't carry over into action. So. Uh, the three tests that I gave, in a sense, you can't un- unbind them from one another. The social, the belief, you know, the the doctrinal, the ethical. In a sense, they're actually bound up in into one another. And Jake, you want to do the next one? For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Um, how do you know that you love God? Can you love God, um, you know, as a kind of mystical union through a beatific vision in which you obtain a third heaven? Is that the love of God? I don't think so. In other words, love God doesn't. It, it's talking about a worked out walking as Jesus walked, doing what what Jesus did, and that is not you know the whole thing of you know take up my cross. My burden is light. My yoke is light. I think we're carrying heavy burdens. We're we're under the burden of heavy commands. Most. Well, I was telling the last week. I don't. Did, were you, you weren't here last week. I was telling them about in Hawaii. What was the law called that no one could break? I've lost the name. There's a Hawaiian word. If you broke that law, you it was the penalty was death. And it could be anything. You know, there were any number of things you could do. It wasn't necessarily, you know, hurting a cow or, you know, there were. They had longhorn cattle. So a lot of things were laws. And then they had these cities of refuge. I think that is typical, and, and lots of human sacrifice, by the way. I think that typifies human society, that it's law-driven, that it's, it's primarily filled with fear. And then, verse 4, faith. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. This is the one place that John doesn't use believe, but uses faith. I don't know the significance. Does anybody want to comment here? No. Jerry <laughs> jumped right on that. Okay. I'm not going to commit heresy. 
No, I, I honestly, I, 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 it seems that it should be significant. Most of them got, you know, most, we usually encounter the word faith. Uh, it's a noun, I think, yeah. And and the believe is a verb. Okay, so could it just be referring to like the body of believers as our faith? Or as the, the content of the faith? I mean, that's how I've, I've kind of read it in the past. Uh, because the, the early church talks about themselves as being followers of the way or holding the faith, or etc. I mean, I don't know. That. Sounds good, that believing. Yeah, it... Uh, uh, this is our faith. So like, the, the, the church is the witness. Yeah. That makes sense. That we enter into this thing. It's not simply something that we do, but maybe it's something that we have. Ultimately. Let, let, me, let me suggest something slightly heretical and see if I can get you all to agree with me. Or disagree. <laughs> or, dis- or disagree. <laughs> but this thing that we do when we have faith, we do it corporately, right? So that, in a sense, your faith is not something separate from my faith. And your weakness of faith is probably going to impact me. That is, that we all impact one another in our lives, right? That one of us stumbling may cause others to stumble. Or, on on the contrary, as a group, as a strong group of believers, I'll state it in an odd way, you do my believing for me some days. Is that too much? It's something that Bonhoeffer said in uh, Life Together, something about the words of my brother um, being stronger than my own words, talking about encouraging the brothers, because um, if I say an encouragement to myself, it means much less than if it comes from you. Because if someone else says it, some, for some one reason or another, it, it just has a stronger effect. Yeah, that's good. And so this corporate, I, I, I got that, you know, John is, he is talking a lot about individual believing. But he's also talking about corporate, you know, this thing that we have together. And so I thought maybe that was the, and I don't know, that I may be reading too much into the the difference. Or maybe that's even there even when he's using the word believe. But he's talking about something that when we enter into it, it involves us in being born again, enabled to love, and uh, our human agency is is... Uh, also, you know, enabled. So it must be a powerful thing, this faith that we share. So, uh, and it's this, and I'll read the last one. Who is the one who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? That is, this corporate believing is the entry into this threefold pudding proof. Proof of the pudding. Uh, and you can't separate out any, any one of them um, because they're all bound together. And so I thought, well, yeah, even the believing here, even the faith is something we do corporately. We do it together. 
and maybe not maybe the not just the you know the intensity of our ooh I really bleed hard today but also the nature of the discipleship that we can only really do this thing together that we're you know mentored and, and uh, imitated